How are you guys this morning? Y'all sound like you got some good fire in your bones. Keep it up. Keep it up. It's great to have you with us this morning. Now, let me switch the, the subject to uh, something bad. If you were to think about something, I don't want you to think anything personal, but you think about something that's terrible, well, as, as I thought this week, you know, the Houston floods were terrible, weren't they? I mean, uh, happened in August, and you see people, you don't have to be real smart to know when people have ankle-deep, knee-deep, waist-deep water in their house that that's really, really bad. People died, uh, billions of dollars worth of damage. Uh, the Houston floods were, were terrible, very bad things. World War II, I don't know how much y'all know about history, but, you know, we did have World War II, you remember that? It was kind of a big deal in uh, the, the fate of the world literally hung in the balance of what happened there. Sixty million people, probably more, died in World War II. If you can imagine that, sixty million people, and the, the cost to countries and uh, you know uh, property and things like that. There's no telling what it would be in, in today's dollar. Absolutely terrible. But this morning we're going to venture and look at something that actually is more terrible than those two things that we talked about. We're going to talk this morning about hell. Like last Sunday morning, we locked the doors as soon as you sat down so you can't get out. I'll go ahead and give you a, uh, 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 for next Sunday morning, we're going to talk about heaven, and it's going to be ice cream and cookies and everything's going to be great. But we can't skip this subject. We're in a series on what lies beyond. What lies beyond today? What lies beyond life? Well, we looked last Sunday morning, death lies beyond this life, you're going to die. And then we looked last week, you're going to be judged. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of God. And this morning in Matthew 25, if you have a Bible, Matthew 25, if you don't, no problem. The Scriptures will be on the screens. We're going to look in this chapter about hell. And let's begin with this. Not a pretty thing, but a very important thing. Hell lies beyond when one dies without Christ. Now, I want to say this repeatedly this morning. God doesn't want you to go to hell. You do not have to go there. It does not have to be in your future. But the facts of the Bible, and that's, that's what I'm standing on this morning, is that hell lies beyond if you die without Jesus Christ. Matthew 24 and 25 it's called the Olivet Discourse because Jesus was giving this, we believe, from the Mount of Olives. We have a picture of the Mount of Olives, a very pretty spot uh, in Jerusalem. We're going to see in a moment a picture looking from the Mount of Olives towards Jerusalem. So it's right outside of Jerusalem. A lot of uh, Jesus activity happened there, very significant place. And in chapter 25, Jesus really ventures in. He starts talking about judgment. We talked about that last week, so we're not going to spend any time much on that today. But in the judgment part of it, he deals with people who die and are judged and who know Christ and what's going to happen with them. And he also deals with those who die without Jesus Christ and what's going to happen to them. Now, folks, Bible teaches this, and I believe you could talk to doctors and you find out this is the truth. When you die physically, you are not dead. You, in fact, you're going to be more alive when you're dead than you are now, believe it or not. You will be your soul and your spirit, the part of you that is aware, that thinks, that feels, will be more alive then than you are now. And the Bible says that if you die without Jesus Christ, that you will, everybody, all of us are going to stand before God. And you'll stand before God, I will stand before God, and then we're going to be judged on what we did with Jesus. Revelation 20, 15, a powerful little verse we saw last week. Anyone whose name was not found 
recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, that's really tough. That's really tough, but this is what the Bible says. The book of life is that book that has the name of every person who belongs to Christ in it. Your name can be put in there this morning if it's not right now. God wants you to go to heaven. In fact, I want to tell you that uh, a very interesting thing. Look in verse 41 if you're in Matthew 25. It says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Folks, hell was not originally created for people. It was not originally made or prepared for people. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. And and not like Hollywood, someday the devil will not rule over hell. The devil and his angels who rebelled against God will be punished in hell for eternity. And God didn't prepare hell for humans, but we rebelled against God too, and that became the default place for those who die without Jesus Christ. I know this is not popular. And I know you may not want to accept it. And you may say, well, I don't want to hear this, or I don't believe this. Well, just stay with me. Let me tell you a fictitious story, if that's what you believe. But I don't believe it is a fictitious story. I saw a bunch of surveys this week about what Americans believe about heaven and about hell. And as you could imagine, more, more uh, Americans believe that heaven is real than hell. Well, of course. I like ice cream a lot more than spinach, don't you? I mean, come on. And, and, and like 80% of Americans believe in heaven. That's great. And about 50% believe in hell. No, I don't mean this at all to sound disrespectful to you uh, or to myself. But my opinion and your opinion ultimately aren't what matter. The Bible is what we need to stand on. So everything I'm going to tell you is from the Bible. So if this is wrong, I may get a, 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 some of it not perfect. I'm not saying what I'm, everything I'm going to say is perfection, but what I'm telling you is the truth from the Bible. So you've either got to go with what you believe or what your friend believes or your grandma told you, or you got to go with what the Bible says, what Jesus Christ said, and I'm going to go with Jesus. A man named John Blanchard wrote a book titled, Whatever Happened to Hell? And in this book, he says that there's around 700 verses in the Bible that deal with the subject of hell or eternal judgment for people who reject Christ. So, folks, this is not something that's foreign to the Bible. God does not want you to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. The Bible says if a person dies without Jesus Christ, that's in their future. Let me pause for you Christians. I know sometimes when you hear a sermon on hell, it's easy for a Christian to kind of thumb up his Bible and go, I'm not going there, this isn't for me. By the way, I'm too deep for that hell subject anyway, right? Let me tell you, nothing could be farther from the truth. Because if you really belong to Jesus Christ, your life ought to be about reaching other people for Jesus. And if there's no other motivator, you shouldn't want your family members and friends to spend eternity in hell. You bet this message is for you. And if you are not a Christian, you're unsure, man, stay with me because certainly you need to hear what the Bible has to say here. And here's the main thrust this morning. Hell is beyond terrible. Hell is beyond terrible is what the Bible tells us. What is hell like? A lot of speculation. I said this years ago, and I still will stand by this, to me, One version of hell would be having to watch hope floats over and over and over and over. Last night, my wife, daughter, and two granddaughters, you get in the picture, this was uh, very outnumbered, got a hold of the remote when I went to the bathroom. I never got it back. They went to Hallmark Channel. 
I'm, I'm convinced maybe in hell that, that there'll be a men's section and a women's, and men will have to watch Hallmark or Lifetime for eternity. Women maybe will have to watch old westerns or whatever that is that they hate. You know, we have to laugh a little bit to, to, to lessen the uh, gravity of it. Back in 1996, the Church of England, listen to this, this is incredible to me, decided they no longer like the traditional view of hell. Isn't that funny that a, that a denomination just decides we're going to change something in the Bible because we don't like it anymore. And so they decided that hell, as far as suffering and fire and all that stuff, uh, would be gone and that, that people who died without Christ wouldn't go to hell. They would just be annihilated. That would be it. Folks, how arrogant for a religion or a church to say what the church has said for 2,000 years and what Jesus says and the Bible says and to say we don't accept that anymore. I want to go with what the Bible says this morning. W.A. Criswell was a pastor in Dallas, Texas for many years and listen to this classic statement. He said, there's only one person we know who's ever seen heaven and hell and who's told us about it and that's Jesus Christ. Matthew 25, this is what Jesus Christ says. What I'm going to share with you is not exhaustive. It's not everything about hell, but it's some of the PowerPoints, the horrible points about it we need to know. Here's the first thing. Hell is described as a place of horrible darkness, of horrible darkness. In verse 30, it says, cast the worthless servant out into the outer darkness. That word outer means the out from something. It means to be pushed out. Folks, here's, here's one idea, a concept of hell. It's, it's out from God. You don't want anything to do with God. You don't want God running your life. Guess what? In hell, you'll never have to worry about God again. He'll never be there for you again. God is described as perfect light. And in fact, in heaven, it says we won't even need the sun because God himself will light up heaven. To go to hell is to be cast out from the presence of God. The love of God and the light of God to an outer darkness. That word darkness, if you're taking notes, is a creepy word. It means a physical, thick, cloudy darkness. Listen to this. It's an infernal, fiery darkness. Now, how can hell be fire, which is light, and darkness at the same time? I've wondered that. Maybe Jesus just kind of didn't know what he was talking about there. You know, he was you know, wasn't super well-educated like a lot of preachers, you know. Well, I talked to a fireman, Keith Odom, a member of our church, deacon in our church. Keith's been a fireman, was a fireman in Ruston for many, many years. And I asked him, I said, Keith, when you're in the middle of a fire, what is it like? He said it's a lot of things, but he said one thing, with all the smoke and all the dust, everything kicking up in the middle of a fire, in the middle of flames, it's, there's a horrible darkness. Isn't that interesting? Oh, Jesus knew what he was talking about, didn't he? Jesus says in hell, it's a place of outer darkness. Many years ago, I talked to two different men. They didn't know each other. One of them was dying from a a terminal disease, and the other one had a heart attack. Both of them at one time died, uh, I guess you'd say, in the hospital on the operating table. They were out for a period of time before they were brought back to life. Both of them who I didn't know about their spiritual condition, told me two things. One, I was very much aware. When the doctor said I wasn't breathing, I didn't have a pulse, I was very much aware of what was going on. And two, there was a horrible darkness enveloping me. Wow. See, one of the things Jesus says about hell 
And I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I still have a little fear of the dark myself. I can't imagine what it'll be like. A demonic, evil, heavy darkness separated from God and light and life forever. Now, let me tell you something. If you're a Christian today, do you want this for your family members or friends? We sit on our Bibles and we argue about carpet color, and we get mad if we don't get our way in a Bible study class or something, and, and people are going to hell. And we say things like, that's not my gift, or I'm not really into evangelism. You're not into evangelism? People are dying and going to hell, and you're not into rescuing them? This is, you want this for someone you love? And you're not a Christian this morning. Is this really what you want? Is this what you want in your future? This doesn't have to be in your future. But the Bible says it is if you die without Christ. A horrible darkness. Here's the second thing the Bible says. It's described as a place of horrible physical suffering. Verse 30, cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth is grinding of teeth. When someone's in terrible pain and they're gripping down, they're biting down, they're, they're grinding their teeth in pain. Supposedly, years ago, an older preacher was preaching on hell in a small church. And sometimes, have you ever heard a preacher preach on hell like he was glad people were going there? And I think this guy was doing it. And he was beating that point, gnashing of teeth, gnashing of teeth. And some old man was sitting down front who didn't have any teeth. And he said, what if you don't have any teeth? He hollered that out in the middle of the sermon. And the preacher didn't miss a beat. And he said, in hell, false teeth will be provided. And he kept going. Lift your mood a little bit. Horrible physical pain. Verse 41. Then, he's, then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire. Wow. I want to show you something. And, and I'll show you in just a second. But let me explain the word fire. People ask me a lot of times, what, what, what does the word fire in the New Testament mean? That biblical word, Greek word fire. Here's what it means. Fiery. It means flame. It doesn't mean fake fire, fake flame, watery fire, cool, cool fire. It means fiery or flame. We get our word hell from the biblical word Gehenna. In Mark chapter 9, verse 43, it says, And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It'd be better for you to enter life crippled than to go to hell with two hands to the unquenchable fire. The word hell is the Greek word Gehenna. Now, this is a little complicated, but it's going to be important. It gives you some context on hell. When Jesus is talking in Matthew 25 about fire and eternal punishment, he's talking about hell. Have you, the, the word Hades, you heard the word Hades. and The word Hades is not a bad word. It, it, it means place of the dead. And in fact, a lot of scholars believe that, that when you die and I die, let's say you're a Christian, you're going to a temporary heaven called paradise, called Abraham's bosom, and a person who dies without Christ is going to a temporary hell. And then when, the, and when everything's said and done, there will be a final heaven and a final hell. And it's not like the temporary heaven says, oh, this is just okay, this isn't very good. And like the, the temporary hell is like, oh, that's not a bad place. No, it's, it's two different places, the final hell and the final uh, heaven, that Jesus talks about. In, in Luke 16, Jesus talked about the rich man going to hell, Gehenna, and the poor man, the saved man, going to Abraham's bosom. That's the separation there. Now, the word Gehenna 
comes from the, the, the valley of Hanam, which is a place outside of Jerusalem. I want to show you on a map, and then I'm going to explain this to you. This is looking from the Mount of Olives. There, there is where, it's a mosque there today. That's where the temple was in Jesus' day, the Holy of Holies. And that wall right there, Jesus would have seen that wall. Right over here is a valley called the Valley of Hanam. In the Valley of Hanam, Gehenna, had a horrible and very interesting past and an interesting present. Hundreds of years earlier, evil people, Canaanites, had actually worshipped basically the devil and sacrificed their own children in the fire there to gods. Some of the Jewish leaders even came and did that. They killed their own children and worshipped God. It was an evil, demonic place. And when the good guys took over, what they did, which I guess it's a good thing to do when you take over another religion, an evil religion, they made their religious spot into a garbage dump. And so a, a couple of hundred years, several hundred years later in Jesus' day, Gehenna... The Valley of Hanam was the garbage dump of Jerusalem. Now, you think of a garbage dump, that's kind of nasty. Garbage dump then would have been much worse because they not only took the garbage there, but they took dead animals, bodies there, and they took criminals by it. Nobody claimed a body. They didn't bury it. They took it to the Valley of Hanam and burned it. The Valley of Hanam, Gehenna, there was a fire going 24-7, worms, nasty, filthy rotten place and when jesus talked about hell that's what he talked about he talked about a burning demonic evil nasty garbage dump now people ask in hell are we going to literally uh, not we hopefully but are people going to literally be burning is it is it symbolic verse 41 let's look at it again it says into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels Is it symbolic fire, just be bad suffering, or is it really burning? I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe that it's real. I don't understand how we can have a a body that will burn but never burn up. I, I love how Tony Nolan, so I think correctly said this two months ago, he said heaven is eternal life. Heaven is living forever. Hell is eternal death. It's in the state of dying but never dying forever. And the way the Bible describes it is is a state of being burned to death and never burning to death. You go, oh, no, that's baloney. Hey, let's go with what Jesus says on it. That's the safest bet for me, and it probably is for you too. And so when you look at it like this, you've got to say, my goodness, there's got to be a place of pain beyond understanding. I saw an article. It was in, I think, Newsweek magazine several, several years ago. It was by a guy named Dr. Howard Fields. He was a professor, medical professor, at the University of California, San Francisco. And he talked about a type of neuralgia that came from shingles, when people have nerve damage from shingles. And he said that these patients described this pain. They said it was a pain beyond understanding. It was so horrible. And the only thing with our human understanding that that I can come away with about hell is that it's got to be a pain. It's got to be a place of suffering beyond our ability to understand. And so I ask you this morning, Christian, is this what you want for people you love? Are, are, you, are you still ashamed or embarrassed to ask them to church or to tell them about Jesus because you wouldn't want to look bad or that's not your thing? Hey, if you say you're a Christian and that's how you feel, I don't think you're a Christian or I think you're real messed up. 
Because you don't have the heart of God. If you're not a Christian, I'm not going to scream at you. (laughs) I'm just going to say, you don't want this. You do not want this for your eternity. And Jesus doesn't want this for your eternity. You need to come to God today. A pain beyond understanding. And the third thing here, it's a place of no hope for eternity. It's a place without hope for eternity. In verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire. Verse 46. And these will go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. You see, the heaven part's eternal, but the hell's part's eternal. The word eternal literally means non-ending, non-transitory. It's not temporary. Dr. A. A. Hodge was a great Bible scholar many, many years ago. And he, he said about this word eternal, he said it's an emphatic word in the Greek language. In other words, it's a strong word. It, it's not compromising. It's not wishy-washy. It's eternal. It means non-ending without compromise. When I was a young Christian, I asked my dad, because how do you get your head around eternity? I said, Dad, what, what is Eternity. And he he gave me an illustration that I've never forgot. He said, eternity, he said, if you could take a sparrow and put it on New York City, and if it could do this, if it could fly all the way over to Switzerland, to the Alps, get a grain of sand from the mountains in, in the Alps, and fly all the way back to New York City, he said, son, would that take a long time? That'd take a long time. He said, if that bird did that, grain by grain, until it got the whole Alps mountain in New York City, that would be a day in eternity. We might say that would be an hour in eternity. We might say that would be just a moment in eternity. Verse 30, And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word weeping there means wailing. Have you ever heard someone really weep? When I was in junior high school, someone I knew parent died and so I went to the funeral and that was really the first time I had been to a funeral as a someone old enough to know what was going on and in the funeral the wife of the man began to to wail I mean to cry uncontrollably it was terrible I mean people had to go to her and try to help her and comfort her and see the Bible says hell is a place of weeping and wailing You know why? Because when you wake up in hell, not only are you suffering physically, not only are you separated from God completely and totally forever, not only are you in a horrible, demonic, fiery garbage dump, but there's no chance ever of it being changed. If we go by what the Bible says, when you go to heaven, you go to heaven forever. Amen, that'll be great. But if a person dies and goes to hell... Without Jesus Christ, it's forever too. There is no second chance, third chance, purgatory, fourth chance. It's over, and it's over forever. If you enter hell, you enter a place, there's no hope, second chance ever again. The Italian poet Dante penned those infamously right words about hell, abandon all ye hope who enter here. It's hopeless for eternity. I want to tell you a story that happened to me when I was a young preacher. 
a lady I knew, I wasn't her pastor, but I was her friend. And I think she was telling me this for counsel, but also maybe to challenge me to do what's right and to challenge me to tell people the truth. Her dad had just died. He had had cancer and he had suffered for months and he died. And she looked at me, her eyes red, and she said, that preacher lied at my father's funeral. He lied at my father's funeral. She said, he got up there and said that my dad got right with God before he died and that he's in heaven now and that he's far better off than he was down here. And she said, he lied. She said, I talked to my dad right before he died and to the very end he rejected Jesus Christ. He would not turn his life to Christ. And he suffered horribly. But I know enough about the Bible to know that when he died with that cancer, That was nothing compared to the suffering that he's experiencing now. I want to tell you, still, that's one of the gutsiest things I've ever had anyone say to me. I mean, think about that. But I've never forgotten those words, and that's the absolute truth. I don't want to minimize anyone's pain or suffering, but I want to tell you, if you die without Jesus Christ, it absolutely won't be better. It will not be better. Hell is a place that if a person goes to, it'll be the worst suffering forever and ever and ever with no chance, no hope ever again. And you, no matter what happened here, it will never be better than it was here. Christian, you don't want that. You don't want that for your family and friends. If you have Christ in you, you got to decide you're going to start making a difference in the lives of other people. Say things like, well, that's not my gift. If someone's in a house that's on fire and you can attempt to rescue them and you don't, you ought to go to jail. Well, I'm not a fireman. I'm not talented that. Whatever it takes, you try to get them out. And if you're not a Christian, I say from the, the, the heart of love to you this morning, God does not want you to go to hell. And you do not have to go there. But you do have to make a choice that you're going to surrender your will and your life to Jesus and follow Him. And I plead with you to do that this morning. Let's pray. Christian, I'll challenge you a little bit more in a moment, but I hope God is pulling on your heartstrings. This morning you're here and you're not a Christian or you're unsure if you're a Christian. But you're ready now to cross that line with Jesus. Pray with me where you are. Pray with me and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to turn from my sins. Jesus, I believe you're God's Son and that you died and arose for me. Jesus, come into my heart now. And I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention. This morning, maybe you'd like to join our church. You can come and do that. You can do it after church. We'd love for you to. We are a church that's going to try to stand true on the Bible. Come join us. Christian, today, I want to challenge you. Don't just stand and put your purse or Bible down and look at your watch. 
man, Christian, maybe where you're standing or at the altar on your knees, you need to say, God, break my heart. May my heart be like yours. May I be on a search and rescue mission the rest of my life for other people. Christians, respond to God today. And you're here today and you're not a Christian. Maybe you just prayed and asked Christ in your heart. Are you ready to do it? I'll be happy to talk to you after church. Are you sure can come when we stand right now this morning and give your life to Christ? I'm not trying to play scary preacher, but I'm telling you the truth. you got a chance now. You may not ever have it again. You have it this morning. Don't let these words haunt you in eternity. You come to Christ today. Let's stand. You respond now as we sing.